what we want to see is the beauty of God. We want to always be looking for how beautiful he is, how he hasn't changed, and how he is always for you. He is always wanting to impart his life to you. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, and in my Bible it looks like poetry or a song of some sort. He breaks out in song, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Or Adam, she was taken from me. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God wanted a helper for Adam. That word helper, for many of us, it, it grates a bit. We don't like it. sounds like the help. Helper in the Bible is used a number of times, probably I think over 20 times, 19 of them, it's used for God himself as your helper. This was not a demotion. This was not a second-class job. In my opinion, the reason, the primary reason this man needed a helper, and because of the word helper, it, it may not be the first thing we think of, this man needed someone to give to. He had no one to give to. He could give to the animals, but it wasn't the same. You see, life flows from God to the man. And the man was made in the image of God. He was not designed to be a taker. He's designed to be a giver. But he has no one to give to. So the primary way she's going to help him is to have someone to give to, to have someone to bless, to have someone to pour into. Now, I also believe that the design of God, she was formed, created, formed second. So there was a gap in the knowledge. There was a gap in the relationship between Adam and God and the woman and God. There were probably some good reasons for that. Had he created both of them together, the chances for them to somehow just depart from him quickly would have been much higher. There was less of a chance if he established a positive relationship with one of them, and then he brought along another one for the life to flow through them. And I believe his ultimate goal was for life to flow from God to Adam to Eve. And when Adam then had taught Eve all that he knew about God, and as soon as he could, could he could connect her to the Father, that she would have her own relationship with him. And then life would flow from God to Eve to Adam 
She would be a true helper in the true sense of the word. He would be helping her. She would be helping him. The dream of God, the design of God, was that Adam was going to make a disciple to teach her everything that he knew, especially all the things that he knew about the Father. He was going to overwhelm her. When they got up, when they laid down, when they walked along, he was going to tell her all about the Father. So she would want a relationship with him, her own relationship with him. Doesn't appear to me that she had such a close relationship with the Father as the story goes. It just doesn't. And how do I come to that opinion that God wanted a relationship with Eve? Well, I go back to the story in Luke chapter 10 of Mary and Martha. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. God hasn't changed. He wanted Eve to sit at his feet just like Jesus. This is his character. He desired a close relationship. But for some reason, it appears to me that Adam did not transmit that. What we're looking for here in this story is where we fit in. We're not reading this just for entertainment value. Everyone here wants to know, how can I make sure that doesn't happen to me? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? This is sort of this, did God really... Even we have that in our vernacular today. Seriously? Really? What is the idea communicated? you believe that? There's a haughtiness. There's a brazenness. There's a... In fact, in our culture, there's an attractiveness to people who have contempt for other people, especially for other people in authority. It appears very attractive to us. I remember my professors in school thinking, wow, that guy has it together. He, he doesn't need God at all. He must be really courageous. 
there's something attractive, especially if you have this naive framework, something very attractive about someone who has contempt, someone who's naughty, someone who's scornful of things that you have held in high value. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. I hadn't seen this before, but if she's talking to the serpent about a tree that's in the midst of the garden, I always saw in the pictures that she was standing right next to the tree. She's talking about a tree that's in the midst. She's not in the midst of the garden. She's, she doesn't go near it. She's afraid she might even touch it. She's somewhere else. But he's planting a seed in her mind that she might want to go check it out. Now, this thing about don't touch it, where do you think she got that idea? She might have gotten it from Satan, but she came up with that on her own. She seems like she came up with it. Or did Adam tell her that? My wife loves clothing. She loves shopping for clothes. She's a very good clothes shopper. And she loves natural fibers. She can tell, unlike me, what is natural and what is not just by touching it. And she loves to touch them as she walks through the store. Loves to, I would probably have said, don't touch it. I would have said to her, don't touch it. If you go near the fruit, whatever you do, don't touch it. Because then she'll want to buy it or eat it or something. She's a very good shopper, and she loves to make, she loves to knit, so she has natural fibers that she uses, especially wool and things like that. She has a gift of this, and many of the clothes that she wears were either made by her or her mother, so this is something that is really a gift of hers, so I don't disparage it, but I say... It's very possible that Adam said to her, look, don't touch it. <laughs> Just knowing that she liked to touch. <laughs> and the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Again, there's that contempt. There's that rolling of the eyes. Don't we see that so much today in our culture? And it's so attractive to watch. We actually like to watch videos of people be, that are so arrogant. It's, it's somehow attractive. You're like, wow, that looks like power because God is so humble. It looks like power. It appeals to some, something within us. God actually calls it foolishness, but it looks powerful. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes 
and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. When Naomi and I were reading this passage together, and I hope that you will do this by yourself and also with your partner, to read the scriptures together, one of the things that she saw, it says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she said, how how did she see that? How did she see that? Is it possible that the serpent ate some of the fruit, and she saw that it was good for food. This is the kind of discussion I have with my wife, and I love this kind of discussion, and I want to encourage you to look at the scriptures in this way. If we think that the fruit was an apple, which probably it was not, they made fig leaves, so maybe it was a fig tree. We don't know what kind of fruit it was, but if it was a fig, the serpent certainly could eat one of those figs, and convince her didn't hurt me at all. It's like those commercials with people smoking. How do, why do people start smoking? They see someone who makes it look cool, and it doesn't look like it hurts them. She saw that it was good for food. Oh, well, that serpent just gobbled that right down. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. There's a lot of dopamine in her brain while she's standing at this tree. Now she's by the tree. Now she's there. He's convinced her to follow the trail, to go down to the tree, and now she's there. And when she sees this, something is stirring inside of her. Dopamine is the chemical in the brain that that motivates us to do things, things that are very exciting, things that we are convinced are going to be good for us. One of the things I, I want to discuss, and this is open for discussion, it says that Adam was with her. I've heard some different opinions on this, that he was right standing right next to her and did nothing. He was passive. I'm not so sure, because when the woman is accused, her easiest defense would have been, you were right there with me, what are you talking about? If my wife were accused of something and I was standing right there, she would say, well, you, I said, honey, why did you buy this box of rotten apples? And she said, well, you were right standing right there when I ordered them online. She's not going to say, oh, the salesperson talked me into it if I was standing right there and I'm accusing her. Just this is the way we need to wrestle with these scriptures. We don't exactly know, but I can tell you, if you say, Naomi, did you take your husband shopping with you? And she would say, yes, I did. And if you had a camera on us, how close am I to her when we're shopping? 
sometimes we have to call each other on the phone. We're, we don't necessarily shop right together. We're not always, I'm with her, but I'm not always right next to her. We have different interests. So they may have been, he may have been with her. The other thing is, why doesn't he pick his own fruit if he's right there and so excited about this? He's taking it from her. It just leaves some room for interpretation and for us to say, what is the best fit? What's the best fit? And that's the way I love to look at the scriptures. We are supposed to be wrestling with this. It's very cryptic here. And we're supposed to wrestle with it to think, what would be the best fit? If you were the devil, would you take them both on together? Divide and conquer is actually a very good strategy. Why? Because if you said to Adam, you're going to be like God, he would have probably said, I'm made in his image. I'm like God. What are you talking about? I am like God. Dominion is mine. It's not even a temptation. I mean, after Thanksgiving dinner, most of us say, oh, I have another piece of turkey. I'm full. I, I, there's no room. I, I don't need it. I have no desire for that. But Eve had a desire. And I want us to think for ourselves why. Why was it a temptation for her to want to be like God, to be wise? Was Adam spending so much time with God that she was feeling left out. When Adam needed wisdom, he was going to God. If she could be like God, maybe he would come her way. Was life not flowing from God to Adam to her? She was somehow feeling like she got the short end of the stick. To sin, there must be a perception of lack. For you to sin, you must have a perception of lack. Something is lacking in your life, and then the temptation comes to get it yourself, not to wait for God, not to listen to him. You're going to get it yourself. You're going to do something that's against the laws of God, against the command of God, but you're justified because you have a lack. Eve must have had some sort of lack, even a little lack that Satan could fan to a flame and convince her that life would be better if she had something more. There was something that she was lacking. Was Adam ordering her around, just telling her not to touch stuff while he was out playing on his computer? I, I, figuring out how he was going to extend the garden. He, he had his own project. Perhaps he wasn't including her. She was supposed to be included. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation.